Welcome to Horny Turtle Film Analysis, quite possibly the single greatest and most culturally relevant podcast of our, or indeed any, time. Before we penetrate this pelagic plastron of philosophical pleasures, how about a song? Take it away, Zoe. Horny turtle film analysis, horny turtle film analysis, horny turtle film analysis, ruining your childhood. Turtle power. They're horny, but not too horny, they're teens. We're really horny. They're lusting after pinup magazines. Hey, get a grip. When the evil shredder attacks, them turtle boys be looking like snacks. Horny turtle film analysis, horny turtle film analysis. Splinter taught them about sexuality. He's a radical rat. Leonardo gets teased, Donatello does machines. That's fuckingmachines.com, Jack. Raphael DMs for news. Give me a nude. Michelangelo is the main porn dude. Horny turtle film analysis. Horny turtle film analysis. Horny turtle film analysis. Ruining your childhood. Turtle cummies. Hey, hello. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the first episode of Horny Turtle Film Analysis. Is that what we're calling this? <laughs> So, yeah. Sweet. I mean, it works for me. Let's go with it. Uh, my name is Ash. Uh, uh, you may you may remember me from such podcasts as Horror Vanguard. Uh, and joining me is Zoe. How's it going? <laughs> it's going okay. Yeah, this is Zoe. You might know me from podcasts such as Season of the Bitch or now Horny Turtle Film Analysis, the... Um, <laughs> clear next step this is this is what we're gonna get known for our, our new york times profile isn't isn't gonna be our main show it's gonna be the the podcast where we get kinky with turtles i've had multiple friends be like i can't wait for this podcast to pick up so you're just forced to watch like the entire show um because as of right now i have agreed to do all of the movies but um yeah maybe we'll get roped into doing the show who knows yet who knows how long quarantine's gonna last and we'll have endless time. I, I for one, am looking forward to 18 months of this podcast. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, yes. I mean, oh, yay, yay. Isn't this exciting, <laughs> yay, listeners? Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> join, join us for the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, my. It, you know, it just occurred to me that it's going to be like 2035. And like my, my apocalypse, you know, like orphan grandchildren are going to be like, Papa, what was it like? And I'll be like, well, let me tell you about some guys who wore rubber suits. <laughs> <laughs> which is in um the end of my notes one of the last things that i wrote is th- um when we were watching the, the movie is it just says horny losers with foam shells <laughs> i mean you're not wrong <laughs> um but yeah should we talk about maybe like both of our history with with tmnt uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's good because I think we're coming at this from like totally opposite directions. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, do you want to go first because you like them and I feel like maybe more people are here for that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I honestly wonder. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I, don't, I don't know, like I just, um, when, I was, when I was a kid, um, one of my aunts got me a, a bunch of like early, like, like the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics back when they were like black and white and they like murdered people and there was blood and like it was a really different comic when they first started. <laughs> um, and I really liked them because I really liked turtles when I was little. I, when I was little, I was really into like herpetology and reptiles and stuff like that. 
Um, so it just kind of synced with me that like, hey, turtles are my favorite animal. They're superhero turtles. You know, it's naturally fell together. And then like, you know, I read the comics and then I watched the cartoons and the movies and I got into the video games and like, like, I don't know, I, I wouldn't consider myself like, like a, like a super nerd. Like, I don't know, like the deepest lore and like, I can't like cite comics, but like, I'm definitely like a fan of turtles who happen to be mutants and teenagers and ninjas. I think it's a good combination of things. Um, I disagree, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the that's that's my that's my origin story. One day, uh, the ooze fell on me while I was holding a comic book. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my history is that I watched the first movie um, last week because I'm quarantined. Well, when I when I was a kid, my older cousin um, lived with us, and he was a boy, and he had he was very into it, and he had some like uh, toys of the like comics so I remember playing with the toys but I don't really remember watching it I probably saw some like at some point um but then at some point during quarantine my friends were like oh let's watch this movie and we'll like make fun of it together I was like cool that sounds like a really good plan um and then after we watched it (laughs) someone tweeted a quote from me being like well, there's only one woman in it, and her whole thing is just, like, being horny for turtles. And then several <laughs> dudes either commented on it or, like, DM'd me being, like, turtle rights, justice for turtles. One of them was my friend who was kidding. But some of them were not kidding, and they were like, it's a really good series. How dare you? And I was like, all right. Um, at which point I tweeted, too many men are defending the horny turtle movie, log off. Um, at which point, <laughs> Ash comes into the picture. <laughs> and here we are. I mean, it was, it's by the grace of God alone that I wasn't one of the turtle rights guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting, like, really mad. And my friend who jokingly wrote turtle rights did, like, text me and was like, I'm sorry, I was just kidding. And I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's one of those revealing um. jokes. <laughs> Like, yeah, like you're exactly. just kidding, but you're also just testing the waters. Yeah. Yeah, and so then we rewatched it once we decided we were going to do this. Because, oh, the first time I watched it, I did fall asleep um, <laughs> in the middle. Which is, like, it's a defense mechanism that I do, even when I'm not tired, but when a movie's just really bad, my brain just shuts off. Like, I went to see Cats in theater and I was not tired at all. I had like one drink and then 20 minutes in, I just completely passed out. Damn. So, so, yeah. so, okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and cats is, is the correlation yeah. here. People in really poor furry costumes. Is that what's putting well, you to sleep? I am freaked out by like uncanny Valley, like animal costumes. Like I always have been. That, that'll do it. I mean, the TMNT movies are notorious for, like, the the kind of, like, animatronics in the face falling apart partway through the films. Yeah. 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 So. There it is. Um, but now I'm committed. Now I'm watching all of them. Oh, yeah. I... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, several of my friends have been like, why are you making a podcast about something that you hate? And I'm like, because men love it and ruining their lives is enough for me. <laughs> You know, you have to, like, you know, when you have to find like the little pleasures in life. Exactly. But I, my guess is that most people listening to this love TMNT, but if you don't, I'm here for you. 
there's something for everyone here. I think I think it's one of those things because like I hadn't rewatched the movie since I was a kid. You know, and like going back to it, I'm like, oh, hey, wait, I don't remember it being this like misogynistic and bad. But then like when I watched it, I was like, I don't know, eight and I wouldn't have known anyway. <laughs> so I think a lot of the people watching it maybe like uh, maybe maybe take off those rose tinted nostalgia glasses. Yeah. What's also frustrating is just that then men will be like, well, it is misogynist, but it's still really good. And I'm like, that's not really for you to decide, is it? <laughs> and like. For, for 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 the record here, this is this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live action movie. You know, like this isn't I don't know watershed groundbreaking artwork. This is art house cinema at its finest. If so, if this was intentionally done, like if it was intentionally as awkward and bad as it is, this would be like ninth dimensionally brilliant. <laughs> hmm. I'll let you have that one. Thanks. I'll take. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel like I'm in the like defending TMNT side, and it's going to be like the the most like brutal uphill battle. Yeah, no, you're the misogyny defender, and you have logged on. <laughs> um. Well, actually, they're turtles, so they can't be misogynist. Thank you very much. That's all I got. Mm. That's that, that's a close to a take in that direction I could come up with. But they're so masculine. I actually was thinking about it, um, like, what's his name? Shredder, the, the yep. mouse guy? Is he oh, a mouse uh, or a rat? Splinter. No Splinter me. is the, the rat oh. father and oh, mentor. Oh, Shredder's the other guy. Yeah, Shred- Shredder, Shredder's the uh, jacked can opener bad guy. Okay, but so is Splinter a rat or a mouse? Uh, he's, he's supposed to be a rat. Okay. But so when he's talking to them and he says their ninja skills are reaching their peak, is that like a puberty thing? I think like a lot of TMNT is in this weird kind of pubescent space, right? Like you've got, there, there, there's a lot of tension between like, the, these are four adolescent dudes and they've got tension with their father figure, right? Because like, like all adolescent boys, they're about to like escape the boundaries of their father, sort of. And then they've got the conflicts with the outside world and they're like budding sexualities. So, so yeah, I think there's a lot of like puberty metaphors going on in Turtle Town. How old are they? Which is another answer that no one would tell me while we were watching. Because why is the love interest a full grown adult woman with a job? You got me there. <laughs> I think, I think like the crass answer is like marketing. You know, like like TMNT comes out in this certain time in comic history when like, you know, like there is a very definitive like marketing concern to reach like early puberty boys as like you're the, like that's who people say read comics, you know. So, so I think like that's like the crass explanation is like, OK, well, like you, you want to make a comic book, you want to sell it. So you're going to aim it towards who they're aiming comics towards. Um, but, but couldn't it at least be like a hot teen girl? It's like age appropriate. Yeah, yeah, that would make it would make a lot more sense. And you're completely right. <laughs> hmm. So what did you think, like watching it again as an adult? Uh, more broadly or about like the age thing specifically? <laughs> um, like more broadly, I guess. Did it hold up as you remember? No. Do you still <laughs> like it? Are you still the defender? Let's start there. I mean, it definitely, it definitely didn't hold up, right? Because like, the the the, co- well, the costumes, so. the costumes are just like really awkward. I wouldn't say that they're 
bad because like visually they like sure a lot of like the shells bend like they're made out of you know like rubber latex because they probably are and the swords wobble because they're prop swords and like but it's not it's not like it's like super incredibly bad from just kind of like a you know cinematography and visual standpoint it's it's not like impressive but it's also just not trash Except for when the mm-hmm. eyes stop working, and then like their only one eye starts blinking and moving, and it's just really the fa- weird. The mouths too. Yeah. The like faces are very weird. Then they just have like really jacked arms and legs yeah. and a giant foam just shell a head. in between. And you can you can <laughs> see the lines on all of their necks where where it's just clearly a mask that they're wearing, and there's like zero <laughs> effort to cover that. And I think like it's kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing, right? Because this is when like. Like I don't I don't know how well like the first TMNT movie could have been done if it was like all CG because like period mm. CG was like hella bad especially for something that would have been this demanding. Yeah. But like so what, what's the alternative? Like okay, guys in costumes and you're gonna look like a Godzilla monster, you know? Shrug. But I definitely um, I I don't think it holds up or ages as well because so much of the plot is kind of like sunk into the the turtles being like really fucking awkward with april o'neill and i think like that that specifically ages really 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 poorly and the rest of it the like the horrible turtle costumes the ninja stuff like that stuff kind of ages with with nostalgia and it's like oh like look how cute that was everybody loved this shit when it came out but then, like, as you're watching it, you're like, ooh, the let me keep her thing? Like, that's just creepy. Yeah. So should we talk about April? Because I have a lot of notes about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, April. Her first scene is when she's attacked at, on her way home from work. Um, at which point... Did the turtles rescue her then or not till later? I think they rescue her in the first one, right? Unless I'm like totally, okay, totally I, spacing. Yeah. yeah. And, and like the one attacker drops the sword. So April finds the sword after and she keeps it. She keeps it. It's a rough sigh. Uh, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, yep. Wow. Yep. There it is. <laughs> um, so she has the sword, the rough sigh. Pause on that for a second. Her boss and his son just keep coming into her apartment unexplained. Um, at one point, she's like doing her hair, and her boss is in her bathroom. So fucking her weird. She has to get yeah. to work. Very weird. They never explain why it's okay that her boss just keeps showing up in her home. Um, then the turtles see her on screen. Oh yeah, they had saved her because they see her on screen. They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's her, the girl we rescued," and they start making kissy sounds at the TV screen. Which I guess is normal. See, it's normal <laughs> if they have a crush on her because they're teenagers. It's weird that they try to make her horny for them because she is an adult. Yeah. Um. So then Raphael's like kind of stalking her for a while. And then um, she's waiting for the subway and she gets attacked by the foot or what the fuck ever. Um, and then she pulls out the sword, Raphsai, the weapon... She doesn't even get to hit anyone with it. She just immediately, like, goes to swing and drops it. At which point I was screaming because I was very mad that they gave her sword only <laughs> yeah, for her, her to weapon, drop it. Yeah. And then, like, the turtles show up and they rescue her. And then suddenly they live with her? Was that ever? Like, I never 
understood why they suddenly lived in her apartment. Well, so so Splinter, uh, their dad gets captured, right? And so they're kind of using her apartment as like a hideout, and she's really the only person they know. So that's 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 how they kind of write off the kind of like it's supposed to be like an awkward fish out of water thing, like oh you got these mutant oh, but, turtles. Yeah, but first before they start living with her, actually they rescue her. She's like knocked out, and they bring her back to like this moldy couch in the sewer. And then she wakes up, and rightfully so, she's freaking out. She's like, am I dead? Where the fuck am I? And Splinter's like, calm down. <laughs> then, like, Leo starts getting horny for her. Then she gets fired, so she loses her job, which is the one thing she has going for her at this point in the movie because she can't hold a weapon. And then, yeah, they live with her, and then she meets, what's his face, the hockey guy, the retired hockey Casey guy. Casey Jones. She meets Casey Jones. Who calls her Brodzilla. <laughs> um, and then she's naked. She's like naked with like a sheet over her, like sketching the turtles' shells. Very weird. As you do. And then when Raphael's injured, she like gives him a weird baptism in the tub. Like she like sprinkles water on him and he wakes up. Yeah. Okay, that is incredibly weird because it's, I think baptism is the right word for it because it's like, it's it's shot like the rest of this movie kind of like from a visual standpoint understands how ridiculous it is. It's a it's a campy comedy action movie aimed at a young audience, right? But that but that sequence is like slow and a little moving and like there's like I think it's like a trucking shot or something and like it really wants to sell the kind of like intimacy and magic. And it's like it's an adult woman sprinkling water on a rubber latex turtle shell. It just like it's so much dissonance. My mind can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. So, needless to say, watching all of that for the first time, I was like, I think I don't really like this movie. And here we are. <laughs> and, and here we are with you agreeing to do like at least four more of these. Uh huh. I'm a masochist. It's fine. Yeah, I, I was gonna say brave, but masochist works too. I think I think both apply here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like feminism and April O'Neil is kind of like a really interesting topic because you can kind of like see in real time in this movie, like the limits of non like liberatory feminism, kind of kind of like this like liberal centrist feminist approach. Because, like, in, in one hand, like, a April O'Neil is an independent career woman doing her own thing, trying to solve the crime. And in another hand, she's completely beholden to the sexuality of prepubescent men and, like, entirely imprisoned in the whims of all the men around her. And that's never, like, it's never addressed or foregrounded in a way that would kind of signal, well, it's like, okay, this is supposed to be depicting some kind of, like, pseudo-realistic struggle that April might be going through. It's just kind of, like completely unconsidered like the fact that her boss and her boss's teenage son are just kind of always there makes no sense to me uh, outside of home. outside of the context that like it's it's more it's more of this kind of like like you know like uh, expected household labor of women right not only is she supposed to be this independent journalist but she's also expected to be the de facto mother to this child yeah i also wrote at the end April is leaning in and I kind of forget what happened, but I think she was like arguing with her boss for like better like pay or something. 
Well, she's always she's Wasn't always there something at the end with her and the boss. Yeah, yeah. She she gets fired because she wants to like pursue the the weird ninja crime angle. Yeah, but then doesn't she like fight him about being fired? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was part of it. There's so much. There's so much going on in terms of like eroticized turtle costumes that like the details have been entirely shredded from my mind. <laughs> This is this is where we live now. Welcome welcome to COVID COVID nineteen. Yeah, I feel like this hasn't been horny enough yet. Oh I mean just just wait till we get to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was fairly certain that you were going to have like like a lot of feminist interpretation covered, right? Because like, you know, prior prior to like recording you would express that that was like the angle and I'm like, okay, I'll take notes on other stuff because you'll have that down. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, that's really the only feminist notes. Oh, I do have one other thing. Um, so the only other woman in the movie, in the very beginning, it opens up with a shot of pre-9-11 New York City. <laughs> and there is a black woman. So this is, I think, the only black person and the only other woman in the movie is on her like balcony watching a TV that has an I Heart New York <laughs> sticker on it. Like, as if everyone in New York just, like, has I Heart New York stickers, like, all over the apartments. They don't? Um, we do. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's the only other woman. Oh, and then towards the end, Splinter's telling a story about another woman, but she's already dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they fridge her in a flashback in a completely unconsequential yeah. way. It's just, like, the why, why even have the character, you know? Yeah, I watched it twice, and I don't understand why it happened. I just know he's like, so once upon a time, there was this girl. She's dead. So that was that was supposed to be, so you got, you got Shredder, and uh, Shredder, Shredder had, like, a buddy, and they were both masters of, like, this secret ninja art, but they were in love with the same woman, you know? And, like, Shredder being the dick of the two of them was like, okay, like, if I can't get to date her, I'm just going to murder the two of you because that's what I do. And that was that kind of, like, background thing. But I think that that is weirdly instructive of the rest of this movie because this whole movie is, for me, it's just homosocial triangles mapped all over this film in just the weirdest way ever, right? Because you've got, like, Shredder... Um, Splinter's master and then like the woman that they kill randomly They're, like there's a homosocial triangle and then you've got um, Raphael you've got um, Casey Jones and you've got April O'Neil and there's a weird homosocial triangle and it's just like all, all of these like men who would uh, who have relationships with each other but because of patriarchy and, and heteronormativity they can't express that so like if you can't actually express your vested emotional interest in another man you then have to sublimate that through the vehicle of a woman. And like, this is like the entire plot of this movie just keeps chugging forward because it's dudes who really need to hug it out, but absolutely refuse to and just fight over a woman for the entire film. Yeah, so that's pretty much the extent of my feminist analysis because there's um, no one else to analyze. But I do think that there were some like homoerotic scenes with the turtles like Deeply. hugging each other and crying and stuff <laughs> yeah. um and then i was like maybe it's gonna be like a polycule with april but no because that would be illegal because april is an adult <laughs> yeah you get into a really weird thing with the turtles age 
because like they're coded as being teenagers but what does that mean because they're not human you know so it's it's really and like they're also fictitious characters you know like they're not spoiler alert for anybody in the audience right now i'm sorry if i hurt any feelings but the teenage mutant ninja turtles are fake (laughs) how dare you i know right i'm shattering dreams Yeah, but I do think, like, having the main love interest be an adult is, like, a male entitlement because I have, like, teenage boys hit on me on the subway, and I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like, (laughs) what do you think's going to happen? I'm going to come home to your mom's house? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, that is, that's literally what happens in this movie, though. They, they, They bring home, like, this hot girl that they were randomly interested in to their dad's place. And she's sleeping on the couch. Yeah, and then she's like, how the fuck did I get to this moldy couch in a sewer? And they're like, relax, calm down, you're overreacting. Right, quit quit being hysterical, you're just surrounded by mutants in the sewer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's, um... Yeah, like, like I think, I think, like reading this movie through the lens of like a a bog standard male entitlement fantasy is pretty accurate. But yeah, what do you have in your notes? Uh, my notes, my notes are an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so uh, let's all let's all go for a little ride to some horrible town. Uh, one, one of the first things I noticed was that like there's there's this really interesting through line that I've noticed through like a lot of American cinema, and that's like a total distrust of government and police. Like the the police in this movie are just they're inept to the point where a guy whose only skill is that he's a former professional athlete and he owns some used sports equipment is a more effective form of resistance to organized crime than the New York City Police Department. Yeah. Also, I mean, the turtles are cops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All, all superheroes are fascist bastards. That's that's a science fact. And I think mm. that like you, so, so you get this interesting duality, right? Where like th- the police are constantly shown as inept in a lot of like in horror cinema, especially but also in superhero cinema, because like the cops, they, they, they always just show up at the end to do the official arresting after all the hard work has been done. Yeah. But what, what you're getting instead isn't really like a questioning of the authority and power of police. What you're getting instead is like, no, we should have like the, these like unilateral forces of centralized authority that could just go around extrajudicially punishing criminals. Like, like, I think Batman is a really good example of this because Batman, like, I hate Batman so much because he's like, he's like Elon, if like, imagine if we lived in a world where Elon Musk was allowed to walk around just breaking people's arms whenever he felt like it and there were no consequences. <laughs> and so you get that tension within TMNT, right? Because like you want to root for the turtles, but it's also like, what, what in the well, hell world I is this? I don't want to root for the turtles. <laughs> yeah. I, su- I suppose that's also a completely valid response. <laughs> I want to I, I want to root for a world wherein like the turtles can live on the surface and be like you know members members of a society and not judged for being mutants. And then, I'm not judging them for being mutants. Oh I'm no, yeah, you're judging them for being like misogynistic horny. weirdos. Exactly. But I, I think that I think that's really interesting in a weird way that like even turtles growing up in the sewer are still fully subject to like. Like our, our like patrocentric society and its whims. Maybe maybe there's an instructive lesson in there that like 
as because the turtles i mean like i think it's safe to say that the turtles are cisgender although we're, we're in a weird space because they're also mutant turtles <laughs> but like i think i think that's really really instructive for like my fellow my fellow cisgender dudes in the audience you know no matter how far you think you are from the strictures and power of the patriarchal system it's still going to influence you just like it got to the turtles that were living in that sewer do do wow. do. I know it's deep. There's some deep, Mike deep drop. turtle lore Mike here. Mic drop. <laughs> <Mike> drop. <laughs> oh, another thing. This is the thing we were talking about in like um in the uh, the chat when we were watching this movie. But the uh, the never pay full price for late pizza scene. Oh, okay, yeah. The turtles are really mean to service workers. That was yes. when the movie lost me. I was like, okay, they're sexist, but like every movie ever made is sexist. Um, but. Yeah, they order pizza. The guy's like two minutes late. They're like, fuck that guy's tip. And then he comes up to the sewer entrance and they're like here and they don't even pay the whole price of the pizza. Yeah, I really like like watching this again. I'm like, man, that poor pizza delivery guy. Well, like what he's going to go back to Domino's and his like shift manager is going to be like, OK, where's the money? And he's going to be like uh, a hand reached out of the sewer and stole it. <laughs> Like, that dude's getting fired tonight. <laughs> a green arm appeared from the sewer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's getting canned. I felt really bad for him. Like, the, tur- the, turtles, yeah. the turtles didn't need to that do that. Up. I think, uh, I think I think it's weird in a way that, like, that that's also kind of an instructive scene, right? Because, like, that, that whole, like, uh, like uh, you don't have to pay for late pizza or you get your late pizza half off thing was a really, really, really popular advertising campaign for a lot of pizza chains. There's probably some that still do it. Um, it's not in favor anymore. And I've heard, I've heard stories that, like, the reason companies stopped doing it is because it incentivized speeding and reckless driving. And so there were, like, a lot sense. of, like, pizza delivery guys getting into car crashes trying to get to places on time. But I think, like... Well, yeah, because I'm sure they got in trouble oh, if yeah. they weren't there on time. And, like, that's that's the thing that I find really interesting here is that, like... This is just another one of those little ways where, like, capitalism forces us to fight each other. You know, because it's not the delivery driver's fault it's late pizza. He's not in, in charge at all of, like, the city planning that dictates traffic patterns. He's not in charge at all of, like, oh, like, they're doing minimum staffing at the restaurant so they can't get these pizzas out in time because they're getting slammed because it's game night or something. None, yeah. a- almost none of his being late is going to be his responsibility. Right, it's all going to come down to these external systemic forces, but by creating a system that punishes him for being late, you know, you are you are putting people who would otherwise be allied together against the boss class. You're having them fight each other over pizza discounts. So uh, T- TMNT is class woke. Whoa, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Like maybe if they had done that on purpose, but no, they definitely no. didn't. Yeah, TMNT are just asshole cops, and yep. they're too horny. They're they're I mean like teenage police mutant turtles or something. <clears throat> yeah, teenage mutant cop turtles. <laughs> but I still can't tell the turtles apart. I had to write down in the beginning of my notes. I had to write Michelangelo, orange party dude. Leonardo, blue, leads. Raphael, red, cool, but crude. Donatello, purple, does machines. <laughs> so those are my other notes here. 
because I had to keep looking back to be like, wait, who's talking? What's happening? So in the in the uh, original comics, um, they all wore red bandanas, and you know it was black and white, so they all wore like off gray bandanas. Mm. So there was literally no way to tell them apart besides their weapons, which they didn't always have. Yeah, their weapons of foam that just like bend just in half every time they yeah. use them. I guess that's I guess that's the safest route because when you're like running around doing flips in those turtle costumes, like I would be surprised if those actors and and those like stunt people had like a good sense of where they actually were in the scene. Yeah, should we talk about the daddy issues? Oh my god, let's get into the daddy stuff because this this movie <laughs> let's is talk just about like, the daddy stuff. Yeah, there's so much daddy dom going on in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's like the stuff with Splinter. The stuff with Splinter and the boss's son, where he's like, all fathers love their sons. It's like... Incorrect. It's untrue. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, that is like demonstrably false. <laughs> um, you've got a lot of like interesting and like competing like dad relationships. So there's Splinter and the Turtles. So there's Splinter and April's boss's son. There's... um. Tatsu, which is kind of like the um, ninja master samurai guy who's training all the foot. Um, you've got Shredder and Tatsu in the foot. And then you've got like Casey Jones and the Turtles. So there's like this really weird network of like daddy issue relationships going on here. Yeah, I always forget about Casey Jones mostly because I fall asleep by that part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and also because he's a greasy weirdo. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's so mean to April. He, like, throws her around. He, like, forces her into letting him give her a massage. Oh, yeah. He calls her Brazilla when she's mad. But then she ends up with him because she obviously has to end up with someone. And it can't be the Turtles because they're teenagers. And it can't be her boss because he keeps showing up in her home unannounced. So they're like, okay, yeah, she's with the hockey guy now. Gotta be with somebody. <laughs> I, th- I think a big part of that is like that that the Casey Jones April plotline is like a really standard gothic romance. Like K- Casey Casey Jones is this rakish rogue, you know, who has who has no sense of propriety and class and just does what he wants. And then April O'Neil is a proper woman living by society's rules. And it's like, it's the standard, like, gothic, you know, like, like, taming of the wild masculinity, like, through, through the course of their time in that, like, upstate New York dilapidated mansion that they take shelter in. Like, K- Casey Jones goes from being this wild street man to, like, this somewhat, or this, this slightly more tamed, slightly more domestic man. And that's, like, a, it's weird that that's in this movie, because, like, that's, like, the plot of Jane Eyre. Like, the third act of this movie yeah. has Jane Eyre in it for some reason, and I will never understand why that <laughs> happened. It's also, like, Casey Jones is definitely an abusive boyfriend. Oh, yeah. I think I think he's more than just an abusive boyfriend. I think he's an abusive stepdad. Like, the, the way he treats all the turtles, the way he's always, like, taking them down a peg and making fun of them, and even when they do good things and they try and be helpful, he's still making fun of them. Like, he's got this, like, really just poisonously insecure masculinity, and he is constantly taking it out on, like, the Turtles and April. And when they're in that house, they have, like, this weird family unit that forms with him and April as the parents, and then the Turtles as the children. And that de facto makes him this kind of horrible stepdad. Wait, is this stepdad. the second movie? No, it's the first one. Is he in the second one? 
honestly, I don't remember. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I'm excited to go back and find out. Oh, God. I'm honestly really scared because I've heard it's worse, and I don't know how that's possible. Um, the, so the things I do remember about the second one is it's so much weirder. Like, I remember that it gets a lot weirder. I've been told it's more misogynistic, and I'm like, I truly do not know how that's possible. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. It wouldn't surprise me either. I just can't imagine how it's possible. I mean, where, where, there's, where there's a marketing ploy, there's a way, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's for next week. Yeah, that's the but, that's the next episode. Yeah, that'll be the next episode. Tune back in to see how much I hated it. Hopefully more. Hopefully hopefully there's more just like raw searing hatred in the second one. I'm hoping too. Like I'm here to pretend I hate it even more than I do just to rile people up. I'm I'm more than okay with that. I'm just trying to come up with the most like mind melting TMNT takes I can. <laughs> and thankfully we've got like guys in turtle costumes, so that's not really that hard. <laughs> exactly. Do you have any other notes about the movie specifically? Uh yeah, like I think there's a lot of like weird kink stuff going on in here. I think especially Ooh, yeah, when, okay, let's talk about it. When we take a step back and we kind of view this movie as you know, because like a lot of a lot of our analysis kind of like looked at the movie on its own terms, you know, and like read. I did write Shredder knife play in my notes, oh, and yeah. I don't remember why. Yeah, because he's made of knives. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like like you so you've got like a lot of really awkward sexual tensions going on through this movie, especially when you take a step back and like you're like, okay, this is all a fiction, right? So you've got like furry kink stuff obviously you know with like people lusting after turtles you know then you've got like age play because these turtles are teenagers who aren't teenagers you've got daddy little stuff with all of these awkward dad relationships that are going on you've got like the shredder knife play mm-hmm. and yeah. then like you've got like all of these extended sequences where splinter is like tied up or otherwise bound yep and so there's like and like because like the thing is, is like Splinter wants to, or Shredder wants to kill Splinter. That's like his thing. Splinter represents everything that he failed in his past. He, he just wants him dead, but he doesn't kill him. Instead, he just binds him up and, and he tortures him. Like, there's this, like, eroticism of that, right? Because It's like kind of Hellraiser-ish. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Hellraiser, but, like, not good. <laughs> but for kids. But for kids. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, Hellraiser, but for kids. <laughs> Yeah, kink for kids. <laughs> oh yeah, that's something. That's something we definitely just said out loud and is going in a podcast. I mean, I hope no current children are listening to this. I just hope that we are ruining people's childhoods who are now adults. I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't know if any current children are busy watching the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. I'm sure they're like. What else are they doing? They're home from school. I, I don't know. I don't, what do you, uh, list, listeners who have kids? What What are they doing right now? I'm sure they're like TikToking or listening to youth youth music or I don't know, <laughs> praying, going to church. I don't know what kids do. But I do just want to say I did go to visit my cousin last year who has two kids and they're like 11 and 7 or 8 now 
And after I was there for like a week or so playing with them, they told me that I was a lot more fun than they expected. Ooh, that's high praise. So, yeah. So I am kind of in with the youths. Don't want to brag about it too much, but... Okay, then you 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 can you can be like the youth speaker when they come by and like droves of children. You can like communicate to them like wild animals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like a youth whisperer. <laughs> That's so perfect. Like April, but not horny. <laughs> I mean, thank God. <laughs> but just, but just, I mean, like I don't know. Like, have you have you encountered record, any? Like, I have never been horny for a child. But, but I mean, like, you, you have yet to encounter, to my knowledge, a mutant turtle in a sewer. So, so, well, I so mean, you're making jury's still out. about me. I, yeah, I, am, exactly. I make that assumption about every single person I meet. That's the first thing I assume about them, is I think to myself, this person has never met a, mut- a mutant turtle in a sewer. I do not know if they would or would not be horny for said creature. Hmm. That's just that's a universal fact. Well, that's on you. That, that's that's that's, you. that's human nature right there. That the other shoe doesn't <laughs> drop until the encounter is made. Oh, okay, yeah. So they come into April's apartment. These people are in New York City, circa what nineties? Yeah, 90s, early nineties. Yeah, early nineties, and they're like, "Wow, could really go for a deep dish, dude." Like that. No one in New York City has ever said that, those words. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. The turtles are pizza connoisseurs, though, so maybe maybe this is just like their... In New York. Their in breadth. New York, though. I mean, I... Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, New York, New York is traditionally known for its thin crust offerings. Well, okay, we've been over this. Thin crust is a specific type of pizza with a very thin crust, more of a cracker or like a flatbread. Then there's New York-style pizza, which is really more of a medium crust. And then there's deep dish. I mean, I, I'm going to take your word for it. I'm not like a pizza taxonomy expert. Well, I'm not either, so maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think. Pizza speculation time. I do know, I do know that, like, I do believe that the first pizzeria was a thin crust pizzeria opened in Chicago. In the 1800s, I do believe that was the first pizzeria in the United States. Wow. So there's a little there's a little pizza fact. And then the deep dish wasn't created until I think it was like the late 40s or 50s when the first deep dish pizza was made. That's wild. So there's the, there's the like, I think, the you know. think those are accurate. Those are two pizza facts. I'm from, well, I'm from the, sh- I'm from Chicagoland. So like. I love deep dish, but I can I can totally understand how people from I'm not hate totting deep dish. It's just it is not factually accurate for the location of the film. <laughs> mutant turtles being raised by a uh, mutant rat lusting after an adult broadcaster who falls in love with a retired <laughs> hockey player. And they all get together to fight a youth crew of ninjas. And, and the thing, the thing that pushed you over the edge was the pizza recommendations. Well, yes, exactly. That's where they lost me. I mean, honestly, I accept that. I think that's pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point where I was like, this isn't realistic. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, up until that point, I was like, okay, like I could see, I could see like a mut- mut- mutagen turning teenager turtles into teenagers. That makes sense. I can get that. Holy shit! Did they just say deep dish? Yeah lost me record scratch (laughs) 
So should we talk about the turtle's charts? Yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 do let's do the turtle charts. I don't know like what the crossover is for um people that like astrology and people that like TMNT. Um based off me, it's none. I like astrology <laughs> but not TMNT. <laughs> but I am here to read their charts. Should we first I kinda wanna read your chart though. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it far away. Because we're like introing ourselves too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. I am, I am, a, okay. I'm new to the world of astrology, so I, I know my chart, but I don't really know too much about it. If that makes sense. Okay, we'll talk about it. So <laughs> I don't know how much information. So for the turtles, I just found this person's blog, which I'll talk about that like speculates on their charts, and then we'll see what we think. But first, for Ash. Um, Let's see. You're an Aquarius, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so so that's your sun sign. Your sun determines your ego. It's like your true self, how you see yourself. Yeah, and your sun is in Aquarius, meaning that you're fundamentally unconventional and anti. Comfort, comfortable dissenting or straying from the norm, their intellectual talent of abstraction is oriented towards pushing the boundaries of what seems reasonable. Like, Aquariuses love to, like, fight for the underdog. They're, like, social justice-y, and they fucking love to read. They're, like, book people. So that adds up, right? Yeah, that sounds pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, is your moon Pisces? Yes. What's your moon? Yeah, it's Pisces. Okay. Yeah, so your moon is, like, emotions and moods. It's, like, how you are either when you're by yourself or, like, really comfortable with the people that you're with. Um, so moon in Pisces, meaning your emotional self is empathetic, dreamy, sensitive, and gentle. You feel vulnerable much of the time and desperately wish for a partner who deeply understands you. I mean, ouch, but also correct. (laughs) Yeah. Roasted. I know. Fucking burning me on the podcast. Episode one. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, Pisces are, like, very emotional. They tend to cry a lot. But they're sweeties. And then what's your rising? Uh, It's also water, right? Scorpio? It's a Scorpio. I don't know if that's water or not. Yeah, so Scorpios are also water sign. Like Pisces, water signs are known to be pretty emotional or, like, upfront with their emotions. But Scorpio is, like, the goth water sign. Hell yeah. And they kind of repress the emotions. Scorpios are very goth. Um your ascendant is in Scorpio, meaning you come across as passionate, incisive, cunning, strategic, and perceptive. Your intense and tenacious drive comes off as intimidating and powerful, if not malicious or aggressive. Um, so yeah, your rising is how people see you when they first meet you or like if they don't really know you yet. It's like kind of how you present yourself to the world. That's legit. I'll take it. That's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like that all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Does, does so this? Aquarius, I mean, like you've 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 known me for a little bit now. Uh, does this bear out from what you've experienced? <laughs> um. Yeah, I think so. Like Aquarius. This is kind of a wild chart because while it sounds like it would be a water sign, Aquarius is actually an air sign, but they're the water bearer, so they're kind of like the bearer of the like emotions and water. Um, and then a lot of the rest of your chart is water. So you're kind of a big ball of emotions. I mean, I am not going to say that's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. We, we're talking about this. Um, my co-host Laura and I do a lot of astrology readings for people. And 
Especially when, like, cis men have water signs, we think that that's good because that kind of fights against the, like, repressed emotion of being a uh, cis man raised in our society. So, yeah. Does that feel helpful for you? Sweet. I'll take it. That's pretty legit. (laughs) I'll I'll have the, like, anti-patriarchal sign combination. I'm fine with that one. Um, and then my chart, in case anyone wants to know, I'll just go over quickly. I'm a Sagittarius. Most of my chart is in Sagittarius. That's a fire sign. Sagittarius are very adventurous, very fun, very impulsive. If you are like, do you want to do this thing? Sagittarius are like, yes. Hence me starting this podcast. As soon as Ash was like, we could make it a podcast. Are you, are you kidding? And I was like, not if you're not. I was really um, surprised so you said yes Sagittarius. to this. Okay, so... Sagittarius will say yes to almost anything that seems fun. Legit. <laughs> I guess that's kind a good of way our to be. way. <laughs> um, and then my moon is Libra. Libras are like the scales of justice. So they like care about understanding both sides of an argument or like really thinking things through, but are also for that reason, very bad at making decisions because we're like weighing all sides and like can't figure it out or decide. Um, and Libras tend to be not the best listeners which i say lovingly about myself and then my rising sign is taurus tauruses are very stubborn and very steadfast but usually have pleasing aesthetics tauruses really like to like decorate their homes in certain ways and it's an earth sign so they're like kind of trying to ground themselves through like having like special possessions or like special aesthetics in that way. So that's my chart. Um, Just, you know, for transparency, because I believe that this person thinks one of the turtles is a Sag, but we'll talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, should we get into the turtle charts? Oh, we have to. There's no way we can pass this up. Okay, so this is from a blog. It's called The Dark Pixie Astrology. The author's name is Nick. The coolest Um, fucking name. (laughs) (laughs) Just N-I-C. And in the beginning when they're introing it, they're like, "Um, by the way, here's a quiz. If you want to know which trouble you are, guess who I got, Raphael. Maybe I wasn't so crazy to be crushing on him. So the person who wrote these charts is in fact horny for the turtles. Makes sense. As as they should be. Good. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, so I guess, like, people don't really know their birthdays because, like, maybe they're quadruplets or, like, maybe they're just brothers and there's the whole, like, mutation date. So this is just charts that, like, this person wrote based on how they act, which I thought is more fun than assuming they're all quadruplets and they're from the same chart. That's boring. So, Leonardo, what they wrote is, Leonardo is the turtle with the blue bandana and is the eldest brother. He's known for being the leader of the group, dependable and strategic. Leo seems most like a Capricorn to me. I hate Capricorns, but I'll tell you why in a second. Capricorns and Aries are usually the signs associated with leaders and dependable and strategic is Capricorn. If the turtles were quadruplets, I'd put his son in the 10th house, which is naturally ruled by Capricorn and would give him the Capricorn energy. So, um, I don't remember which one Leonardo is. The blue one. But I, the blue one. Well, I don't remember what he does in the movie at all. 
So surprisingly, but he I... does very little in this movie. Okay. So maybe we'll see how this pans out as I know the turtles better, but um, I fucking hate Capricorns. So that's enough about that. <laughs> so so why, why do you hate Capricorns? What is it about the Capricorn that makes them so vile? <laughs> um, Capricorns are very, like, their way or the highway. They think that they're the best ones at everything, and they, like, won't really listen to other people's ideas because they just think that they know what is best. Um, some prominent examples of Capricorns include Jeffrey Epstein, who's <laughs> judge. Um, Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ted Cruz, all Capricorns. I, I, lo- I, love, how, I love how your fucking go-to was Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> He's a Capricorn. Even even the horny turtle podcast can't escape Epstein brain. <laughs> no, no. For my birthday, my friend texted me and was like, "Hi, happy birthday!" By the way, um, Pipu just is a Capricorn. Thought you'd want to know. <laughs> okay, based on our sample size of these, these are the only three people I know who are Capricorns. Uh, yeah, they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know other Capricorns, but we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> So yeah, not a fan. Don't know about this, Leonardo. Next is Donatello. They write, Don is the turtle with the purple bandana. I'm reading this part mostly for me. Um, (laughs) And it's the second (laughs) eldest brother. He's known for his intelligence, prefers to think things through, and likes gadgets. Don seems like an Aquarius, an intelligent air sign who would rather learn than do anything else and has a thing for technology and science. If the turtles were quadruplets... Um, I put his son in the 11th house, which is naturally ruled by Aquarius. So essentially this person is saying, like, if we are accepting that their quadruplets born the same day, the hours they were born were to accept the, like, houses of their chart, which I'm not really going to explain. That's, like, complicated. But all you need to know is there is a failsafe if your theory is that they're quadruplets. It still works. Um, So point being, Donatello is an Aquarius, like Ash. Do you feel good about that? I mean, I'll accept that. He he seems to be one of the most likable of the turtles. Shrug. <laughs> I don't like any of them. Okay, next. <laughs> well, we already talked about what Aquarius is, so yeah. Because, yeah, Aquarius are like... And yeah, he's, he's definitely the most sensitive. He, he, ha- he has, like, I think out of all the turtles, he has, like, the richest understanding of his own emotional space if that makes sense like i think that's what how i would describe michelangelo that makes sense no but that was donatello or donatello rather sorry oh my i got the turtles confused our, our podcast credibility is just getting wow. flushed here yeah you're supposed to hold up the tmt credibility <laughs> i i apologize to all five of our listeners i will do better next time i notably have no idea what i'm talking about admittedly though well, you're on the hook now. We're talking about astrology. Yeah, no, now I know what I'm talking about, but I don't know who these people are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is Raphael. Raphael is the turtle with the red bandana and is the third born brother. He's known for being a bit of a hothead and a great fighter. Raphael seems like an Aries with his temper, his aggression, and fearlessness. He also fights against Leo, wanting to be leader at times, which is very Aries. Um, if the turtles were country blitz, I put his son in the first house, which is naturally ruled by Aries and would give him the Aries energy. So I love Aries because Aries and Sagittarius are very similar. Um, yeah, Aries also have like a very impulsive and adventurous 
kind of like down for anything attitude. Um, a lot of my good friends are Aries because Aries and Sagittarius get along very well for that reason. I mean, I think that's legit. I mean, like, like Raphael is a total hothead. He's always doing his own thing. He's always kind of just making, you know, like, like spur of the moment decisions for better or for worse. So I think that's a pretty accurate descriptor. And he's really horny. Yeah, yeah, But see, that's it kind true. of makes sense that, like, so all the turtles, like, kind of are crushing on April, but Raphael, like, the Aries in him is what makes him just fucking go for it. Just be like, yeah, I'm a mutant turtle. Yeah, I'm a child, but I'm just gonna shoot my shot. Like, that's Aries energy. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, like, that, that might even be, like, <laughs> the appropriate response, you know? Because he's one of four mutant turtles in existence, you know? I mean, like... When the odds are that heavily stacked against you, you really just got to go for it. Yeah. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You live in a sewer. Ooh, you get rejected. Like, come on. <laughs> you, you, you live on your dad's couch in a sewer, Raphael. Like, you really got to, like, just go for every opportunity that you find. Yeah. So then Michelangelo... Mikey is the turtle with the orange bandana and the baby brother. He's known for being the silly, goofy turtle and is definitely the baby of the bunch. I struggled with this one a bit, thinking of perhaps Libra, since he was known to cool down Leo and Raphael when they'd butt heads. Because Libra is like the scales of justice, they like to like smooth things over, be a peacekeeper. Um, or perhaps Sagittarius for his playfulness. If the turtles were quadruplets, his son would be in the seventh house, Libra, or ninth house, Sag. Um, so... I guess this means I'm most similar to Michelangelo because that's my sun and my moon sign that are being hypothesized. Um, but once again, I don't really remember who he is, so I can't really verify. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the party guy. He's the fun one with, oh, yeah, with the orange. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Sides are party people. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I, I, think, I think that's also, <laughs> I think all of these are pretty accurate, you know? Um, there's also one for Splinter. Should I read that? Oh, hell yeah. And then there's like a part talking about the mutation. We'll just go through this whole blog. Thank you to Nick. Um, Splinter. Splinter is a wise rat who adopts the four turtles and is their father figure and mentor. Given how he adopts the turtles and seems so all-knowing, I wonder if Splinter makes sense as a Pisces. You tend to see Pisces energy with adoptive parents, perhaps in the 11th house as well, showing his knowledge and expertise. That would make him a Taurus rising like me which would show his calm demeanor. I'd guess his moon is in Cancer or in his fourth house, showing him being fiercely protective of his turtle sons. I like Mars in Scorpio or the eighth house. Um, oh, bringing in a little mystery, discipline, and strong will, but also the wrath you'll face if you mess with him. I think, I think that holds true. I think that makes sense uh, as far as Splinter Adds goes up. from like the comics, movies, and cartoons. You know, he is, he is kind of like a, I guess, a, a disciplined father figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Ugh, cancer moons are a lot, but... <laughs> <laughs> that poor mutated rat, he didn't even know. I know. Well... So, okay, how I can't fully... Yeah, we're gonna have to revisit this once I've seen all the movies, because I can't, like, fully attest to their charts yet. It's gonna be interesting. Um, so, so you said that this mentions how the mutation affects this. Yeah, so this is what it says about the mutation. Um, <laughs> the TMNT are mutant turtles, yes. So they should have something in their charts related to that. 
I go right to Uranus slash Aquarius, which rules science, and Neptune slash Pisces, which rules toxins. If they're quadruplets, perhaps their sun is harshly accepted by Uranus and Neptune, opposite them, square them, quindecile them. Involved in a T-square, or better yet, as a yod with Uranus and Neptune sextile, and the sun... I don't know what half these words are. And the sun quincunx them both. Um, wow, we're both we're right. both getting outed. I'm not really the TMNT expert, and like your astrology knowledge is being tested here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I know. Well, and then the final line of this blog is just so like so. Those are my thoughts. Are you still laughing at my crush on Raphael? Yes, yes, I am. I, I, however, fully support you, Nick, whoever you are. I, I support you being hot for Raphael. I think you've made a powerful and brave decision. There is <laughs> kind of an amazing comment on this, which is, like, really too long, but it starts off with, Whoa, good stuff. I'm a Turtle fan myself since the 80s cartoon. I also look into astrology a bit for fun. Thinking about this for fun on my own, I got pretty much the exact same signs as you did for each turtle, except Raph. I would have guessed Scorpio as another option to Aries. Scorpios and Aries, as you know, are similar in a lot of ways. And eh, that's not really true. Um, <laughs> as they both have Mars <laughs> as the ruler. But basically, this person wrote like a seven paragraph review of this blog. Jesus. Oh, and they did say, April, I designed one of the fire slash air signs since she's a reporter and she's known to be strong-willed in uncovering her assignments, maybe an Aries-Gemini combo or something similar. Um, I feel like she's an air sign because fire signs are not going to just drop a weapon in the middle of a fight. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see how your appraisal of April goes if we get beyond the first three movies. Because I think that, especially when we when we get into like the later films, especially the madness. So she's in all of them. Um, she's in a lot of them. I don't know if she's in all okay. of them, but she's one of the prominent characters from the comic books, and she's she's all okay. over the cartoons and the animated, uh, you know, like series. And like her agency kind of like shifts and moves around. Like who she is, what she does, kind of changes from this initial like precept in the movie as being like hot for turtles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how your appraisal of her specifically changes through it. Once we get past these first, cause these first three are like, in my opinion, like, especially from like a political and like justice standpoint, the worst, <laughs> easily the worst. Yeah, I was gonna say, will I make it past these first three? I you gotta you gotta make it to the Michael Bay ones. Okay. Because because if, <laughs> if you if you think this movie is even in the slightest horny, wait until you see what Michael Bay does to these turtles. Oh shit! Okay, now now I'm in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm in it for real this time. Yeah, my my Michael Bay sat down and was like, okay, like what if these turtles were imminently fuckable? Oh shit! So this is gonna get a lot hornier. It just gets worse. It's uh, we're we're on, I feel we're on like the roller coaster. Podcast, we weren't horny enough today. What else can we do? I mean, I think I think this is like we're we're, we're, set, we're setting like we're setting the mood. We're, we're you know like our listeners okay. are tuning in. We're dimming the lights. You know, I just want to let people down. We're putting on our turtle masks. You know, we're we're putting on Ooh. some seductive music. You know, we're we're getting them ready for horny turtle action. But if you, if you want to go out on like a just ridiculously horny turtle note, would you want to play fuck Mary kill with the characters from the first movie? 
Um, yes, except I don't know who they are, but let's play anyway. So, and I know this breaks the rules a little bit, because we have a lot more characters to work with this time, and, like, usually you play Fuck, Mary Kill with three people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're gonna, we're, we're gonna discard that rule. We've got the whole cast of the first, the first Turtle movie to play with. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, Wow. I did not think this through because I thought I was going to have narrowed options. I didn't think I this through like either. I feel like you've I'm had your whole like... life to think. No, you've had your whole life to think about it. Yeah, I've, I've had my whole life to like spiritually tune into it. I haven't. I haven't thought of an answer prior to this. So, so this is just me thinking on the fly. But I would definitely. Is it characters of any gender? Yeah, anything doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever, whatever you want. Any any species, any gender. I mean, we're talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We've thrown species out the door before we started. <laughs> Okay, cool. So you go first. Uh, so definitely, I think I would. Okay, so here's here's where I'm coming down on this one. I would fuck Raphael because if I'm given like, because why not? This is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, I'm never I'm never gonna get the chance again to, to have sex with a mutant turtle. You know, like that's like, come on, who who's once in a lifetime opportunity? Who's gonna say no to this? Like, like this is a story you have for ages. This is this is an experience that's never going to leave you for better or for worse. So I think, I think I go for that on on the absurdity of it alone. Um, okay. I think I would marry April O'Neil because she's a career Ugh, woman. That's mine. And she's driven and she's a provider, right? I like all of those things. This is legit. You know, like stable passionate ambitious we're doing good here and i think if i had to kill off one of the characters i think unfortunately it's going to be casey jones i think casey jones in this movie is just kind of a creep mm-hmm. there's not really much like redeeming going on with this character he's just a because like you you get kind of the idea that like he's just kind of a lay for april that like april april's in a bit of a drought and like casey jones is just like a good like you know, like a pit stop on on her journey. You know, like it's not it's not like romance has been kindled there. Yeah. So I have similar answers, um, minus the turtles, who I will never admit to being horny for. Um, admit is doing a lot of work there, isn't it? <laughs> so I think that what I would do is I would first kill Casey Jones. He's abusive. He's not good enough for April. Legit he sucks. Um, I would kill him, leaving April open to marry me. We would be a power couple of journalist career women. Um, And then I would fuck the pizza guy because he's just a working class guy. He's being run down. It's not fair. He just got fired. He's sad. He needs a little pity fuck. Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) I I love the fact that you went to, like, this, like, galaxy brand ninth dimensional like take for this one <laughs> I, th- I think i think well, for the... i am not going to uh talk about fucking a turtle yet so yet <laughs> i'm not there yet yeah i think i think no, uh, i think for... justice for the pizza guy i mean that that is that is totally respectable you know and i, I think i think if there's anyone takeaway from this movie it's justice for the pizza guy i agree um, so should we conclude by, like, rating the movie based on how horny it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how, how horny do you think this movie is? Well, what are, is it, like, five out of five, like, turtle shells? What's the rating system? Because <laughs> they're, like, humps, get it? 
Oh, ooh, okay, I get it, I get it. Um, yeah, let's 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 do out of out of five horny turtle shells. Out of five turtle shells. Okay. So this is just based on how horny it is. Any other factor irrelevant. Um, I'm gonna go with like a three. Respectable. It's it's way hornier than like I think a children's movie should be. Not to <laughs> not to be a prude, but it's like hornier than it should be. Um based on like the desired audience and the fact that the love interest once again is an adult woman with teenage turtle boys. Um, but it's pretty horny. They're pretty horny for her. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's like an average horniness level. That's respectable. I I can get behind that. I think I would go one more. I think I'm going to go four out of five. And that's only because so much of the plot action of the first TMNT movie is solely driven by the fact that some of these characters want to fuck. The only reason Casey Jones is hanging around is because he wants April O'Neil. The the only reason that the turtles are stalking is because they want some action. And I think like uh, the, the the gears of this movie have been thoroughly greased with with horny turtle lube. They've been lubed up. Yep. If <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, I would go four out of five turtle shells. <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah, the movie is really just driven by sex drive most of the time. It's pure id. (laughs) It's hard because I guess I don't know what a five looks like yet. So I'm like reserving that. I'm I'm sure the internet can show you what a five looks like. Well, in like, but we're not like, we're not comparing it to like porn, right? We're comparing it to like TMNT movies. (laughs) Right? Like, what's the parameter? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I guess our, our scale is inherently a little messed up here, isn't it? <laughs> but I feel, I, feel like, I feel like our ratings are both pretty safe for what this is. I feel like we made wise decisions here. I'm just accepting that I think the movies are going to get hornier, and I want to be ready to give it a higher rating. So from what I remember of the next movie, it is incredibly horny, but in the weirdest ways imaginable. I'm honestly really excited. Like I, I, I like the second. One. I remember liking the second one the most, just because it's super strange. I've heard only awful things about it. I, I am really excited to revisit it because it's probably going to be way worse than I remembered. Well, we will be watching it as we're recording now tomorrow, so you already missed it. But we will be doing uh, Netflix parties for the other movies, so you can follow us on Twitter at Horny Turtle Pod, where we post about that and other things, and where we will be posting our episodes when they come out. That's really the only place you can follow us. Oh, we have an email? Oh, yeah. Yeah, do we? I haven't set that up yet. Oh, um, we will so have, have an, an email, email yet, and it will, will be linked in the show notes <laughs> so you can contact us. Perfect. Um, and I think that's it, right? This, is, this, is, this has been one of the best experiences in my adult life. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the worst things I've ever been a part of. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think that's a good note to go out on. We'll let, it, we'll let our audiences contemplate the decisions that led us to this moment. 